Welcome to Hands at the Table. I'm your co-host, Jeff Bramhall. Alongside fellow massage therapist, Bori Saranyi, this podcast shows massage therapists how powerful our profession can be. We believe that as a craft and as a profession, massage therapy is only limited by a therapist's imagination and willingness to put in the work. By sharing what we're learning, what we're working on, and what's captured our interest, we hope to broaden your perspective, inspire you to set your standard high, and invest in your craft. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to Hands at the Table. We've got another special episode of Just Jeff riffing on something, uh, riffing on something for you, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, today, I want to talk about habits. I initially, I was going to call this an, uh, call this episode "Freedom," and I realized that as I started talking about freedom, actually, what I ended up really talking about was habits. So, um, and, and because I kept coming back to the habits that make up my life, and so, so what are habits, and what do they mean? Why do we? Why do they matter? And why are we resistant to having to building them? So um, habits are the actions that we unconsciously take that make up the vast majority of our day. So that's everything from washing your hands before and after a session to scrolling social media when you're on the toilet or going to the gym or uh, sitting down and eating a pint of ice cream in one sitting because a pint of ice cream is a single serving container. Um, I, I'm willing to entertain people thinking otherwise, but I don't think you're right. Um, but each one of these things are habits, right? For put another way, they're an algorithm. If X, then Y. When I do this, then I do that. So, you know, when you're on autopilot, those are what habits are, right? You don't think about it. And here's the thing. Almost everything that we do is on autopilot. When it's going well, it's like, man, I'm feeling a rhythm. You know what feeling a rhythm is? Feeling a rhythm is having a bunch of habits that work together that make you feel good. Like, man, I've been feeling crappy for, for the past couple of weeks. When you're feeling crappy for a period of time, it's because you, one of the things that you can do is assess, like, what are the things that I'm doing that make me feel crappy? And then think about how you can break those habits. So if I, and I think that we can, I think that there's a, there's a lot of good research behind this, but almost everything that we do is done out of habit. So if that's the truth, how can we set ourselves up to live a life that we love? So this is something that I've written a lot about. You can see it on my website, justbreathemanualtherapy.com. Go to the, uh, go under writing and, and you can see a, a thing I called stacking the deck. Um, and the idea of stacking the deck is that like, is that we all have, we all have these really good things in our lives that we do when we feel bad, right? We, we, we can get over feeling bad by doing something. And what I'm, what I'm really interested in is how do we avoid feeling bad in the first place? Like, obviously we're not going to feel awesome all the time, but how do we, how do we set ourselves up so that we don't feel bad? At, like, so that we're not feeling, you know, so that we're not feeling disconnected. We're not feeling unfit. We're not feeling, you know, tired, exhausted, like run down. How do we set ourselves up for that? And so that's where, that's where the idea of, of stacking, you know, you, you stack your deck so that the odds of any individual day feeling bad are slimmer. So in order to stack the deck, I think about what makes a life worth living. What makes it, uh, what's, what's a life that I would love to live? 
And what does it look like on a day-to-day basis? What do you feel when you wake up? I think you, there's a lot of places you can find this. One place I've, I've used is the, uh, the perfect day experiment. Um, we actually define every moment of your day on the ideal day. And when you've got those, so, so for me, one of the things that I love is I love seeing a sunrise. I like seeing them. I like seeing the sky in the morning. And another thing that I really enjoy is I love being out in nature. I love learning. I love feeling connected to other people. I love exercise. I like doing things that are difficult. I like doing things that challenge me, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. I like all of that. Like all of that stuff is great. Like I, I, like, I love working on myself. Those are the things that, that I know that if I've done these five things in a day, when I go to bed, I'm probably going to be okay with the, I'm probably going to be okay with how that day went. And and odds are pretty good. I'm pretty, pretty psyched about how the day went. So what makes up those? So how do we break those, break these like big principles down into habits? And then how do we turn those habits into things that into, how do we cultivate those habits so that we feel really good in the good times and then we're more resilient in the bad ones? That's something that I've, I've spent an awful lot of time with and I think a lot of people are realizing that, especially as we go through the uncertainty in our, in our professional lives, uh, we go through the uncertainty that we're experiencing in our, in our personal lives and the actual world around us, not to say nothing of like our, our, actual, our, our actual businesses, our employment. There's a lot of uncertainty. So how can I create some certainty within myself? So one of the principles I use is like, is, uh, is, is like, well, what's going to, what's going to move the needle? Like what's the best thing for me to do in every, in in any circumstance and start that at the beginning of the day. the first thing I do when I wake up after I like, after I take care of my, like my brush, my teeth and all that stuff is I meditate. Ideally I'm doing that for 20 minutes, but that doesn't, it doesn't, it's not the 20 minutes that matters. It's the meditation. It's the discipline of doing that. I write in a, I keep a, I keep a journal. I spend two or three minutes in the morning writing in my journal and then I meditate. And as soon as I'm done meditating, I'm not back. I'm not into my phone. I put on my shoes. I go outside. I go for a walk. That's really important to me because those first, that's going to be the first. And that for that walk in the morning, that's probably 45 minutes to an hour. So now I've gotten the first hour of my day where I've done three things for myself that really, that, that will help center me and ground me through the rest of that day. So that's, you know, wake up, do the journal, do the meditation, do the walk, get outside. Right. So when I do those things, when I do those three things, when I, if I had to, when I get into a, when I'm in a rhythm with them, I don't even have to think about it. It's like, literally I get out of bed, grab the journal, write down, write down a few things sit down, sit back, probably have a cat on my lap because one of my cats likes to come sit on my lap while I'm doing it, which is, which is wonderful. And I meditate and then I go outside. When I start to feel good, sometimes those things go away. Sometimes I'm like, "Eh, I don't need to meditate today. But then when I start to feel, when when things don't start to feel good, I can always come back to those habits. So I always think about those and, and I've got a, I've got a whole series of those, a series of, of, uh, of attributes to a given day that, that generally make the day good. And, and those are, those are my habits. Like they include exercise. It includes getting out into nature. It includes 
doing some work. It includes doing doing some learning. It includes doing something challenging. All of those things. There's ten of them that that you can see on the web on my website. But what really matters is the fact that they are habits, not what those habits are. And you can stack your own deck the way that makes sense for you. There's going to be a lot of people who are like, you know what? I want to wake up at nine thirty in the morning every day because I want to go to sleep at I want to go to sleep after midnight. That's great. I don't care about waking up early. I care about waking up early for me. I don't care about it for you. That's and that and it's really important to know that these are all that that habits come that that a positively positive a positively cultivated set of habits come out of your own come out of your own your your own values and your own the the world that you want to live you can try out other people's habits like i, I think there's a great there's a great reason to do that um you know a few years ago uh kind of at this point it's probably like six years ago uh extreme ownership the book by jocko willink and jocko willink and me fabin came out and all of a sudden everyone was like all my like software people were like being super hardos and waking up at like they're like wake up at 4 30 in the morning and it's like yeah that's great if you wake up at 4 30 in the morning but if you're waking up at 4 30 in the morning expecting magic to happen like that's that's not going to get you anywhere if you're waking up at 4 30 in the morning because you know it because from 4 30 in the morning to 6 30 in the morning is when your brain works the best awesome do it um you know, it's a, it's again, we, we get, I think it's very easy for us to get fixated on the hows and not the, uh, the hows and not the whys, right? Like, like how is waking up at four 30 going to benefit you as opposed to the simple, like the bandaid fix of, well, if you wake up at four 30, you're going to be productive because everyone's, because you're the only person awake. It's like, well, it's only useful if your brain works then. Um, so, so those are the, so, so reviewing where we got from the idea of habits how habits can stack together with one and one another, how you can start to define what those habits, those habits are that work for you. So here's another, here's something that I, I've come up, I've come against in a lot of time, a lot of times when I worked with other people and helping them build up their stack of habits is there's an internal resistance. There's this feeling of like, ah, oh, you know, if I, if, if everything's, ha if everything's based on habits, then like, where's the novelty? Like, how is my life going to be like, it's going to be, wouldn't that be boring? And yeah, maybe if you do, if, if you're doing it right, it shouldn't be though. If you've set up your stack of habits so that they actually are really fulfilling to you, then you're not going to get bored. Like I don't get bored with waking up and meditating. I wake up and meditate because I love doing it because I feel good. I feel good during it. And I know that I feel good. It feels good afterwards. I'm not going to get bored with doing that. I'm not going to, I don't get bored with going for a walk because I just, because going outside is important to me. And, you know, some days it's, some days it's a better walk than others. Some days it's super nice out. Some days it's not so nice out. It's fine. It's just the walk that matters because that's what matters for me. You going on a walk every day, you might have to drag yourself to do it. And that might not, that's probably not, that if that's an indication that you're probably not on the thing that you're not on the right thing for you. But the idea of resistance and how that can take away spontaneity, I think that's very, I find that to be very real. And if that's really important to you, then cultivating spontaneity is really is important and making sure that you have windows in your life that you can be spontaneous, that you can just like, pick up and go to like pick up and just drive off to Maine. Like that's, that's an important, important thing. 
And knowing that these habits that you're building are for you and they're not for anyone else means that, you know, that like you can change, you can do whatever it is that you actually want to do. And the resistance comes from the idea that the idea that habit is actually the, that habit is the problem. And I think we get that. I think we get that from school. We've learned, you know, every day that you woke up for school for 12 years, you were, you were in, you were a butt in the seat at 12, uh, at, at 7.30 in the morning. Like that's a really crappy habit to have built, right? Like you, like we didn't, you know, my experience with school was that that was not, that wasn't worth it. It didn't feel good. It felt bad. I didn't enjoy it. And it didn't, and I don't think that it fundamentally helped me because it didn't address what I needed to, needed it to address. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of freedom though, that comes in having these habits, because if I know that I've, I've, that I've done the things that I need to do in a day, I can do whatever else I want. And that, and that's where going back to the idea, the, the Jocko Willink um, discipline equals freedom idea, the discipline to, I think discipline's another word for habits. The discipline that you develop through doing, through having a cultivated and meaningful set of habits that that you that you do every day, gives you freedom to explore, and it gives you freedom because it gives you a, a strong base to come back to, and I think those two things go really really well together. If we're just if we're just exploring and we don't have and we don't know if we don't have a map and we're just going we're then we're if we don't if you're on a boat and you don't have a map you're just lost in the ocean. If you're on a boat and you have a map, then you can be exploring because you, you can always go back and look at the North Star, look at your map and figure out where you are. And that's where the habits come in so, so, or come in so, so helpful. Because when you, have these, when you have these structures that you can always come back to, you can try new things. And I think that a lot of people, and I know that I've, I've experienced this myself, like, I thought that I was trying, I thought that I was trying new things, but I never found real fulfillment and real happiness out of it because I wasn't, because I didn't have a base to really even understand what fulfillment and happiness were. And what I found is that consciously and, and consciously and intentionally cultivating habits, consciously and intentionally cultivating a life that I am excited to live has made it a lot easier for me to develop to to feel that freedom and to feel that joy and to feel fulfillment and to feel the richness of life i think it's very i i think you know when i think to the times prior to having you know prior to, prior to having positive habits i felt i think i was very muted I think joy was muted. And I think, I think, frankly, I think, I think sadness was muted as well. But now I have this base through these habits that allows me to have this much broader experience of emotions and that much richer experience of my own life. And, and ultimately the, the need for novelty goes down when the ups and downs of the given day can actually be more meaningful. I don't need to go skydiving I don't need to go skydiving or in order to feel anything because I can feel, I can feel amazing by going out and looking at the moon. And that I think is what it really comes down to is, is, is that we, we get afraid of 
how powerful the simple things can be. And we're afraid we're missing out when the opposite is actually true. When we miss out on the little things and focus on the big things, we lose the potential of joy that we can really, that we can have not just in, in those fleeting moments, but really the joy that we can cultivate on the day-to-day -day basis. So tying this back into massage therapy, um, massage therapy requires us to be there, to be present, to be in the moment, to be in the, mo in the, in the session with our client. And if we're focused on trying to have somebody have a big, massive release, like a big emotional release or, you know, or, or a, you know, it's like, oh, you came in feeling bad. Like, look at me, I'm going to be so magical. We're going to, you're going to come out and you're going to leave here feeling incredible. But instead, if we shift that, if we shift that thought process or that mentality into, I'm going to bring all of myself into this 60 minutes. And I'm going to create a space for my client to bring all of themselves into the 60 minutes. Maybe we don't have those same revelatory, eye-opening, jaw-dropping moments for our clients, but we have modeled for our clients that just how, how subtle the differences can be and how that subtlety is so rich. And I know this probably sounds, because in my mind, it sounds disjointed. But, and as it's come out of my mouth, it sounds disjointed. But I think about, you know, the first time that you ever had somebody who had like a shoulder pain and you released their subscap. And they were like, oh my God, this is the worst pain that I've ever experienced. And then afterwards, they like had this wide-eyed open moment of just being like, oh my God, I can move my arm over my head and across my body. That, that, that moment, right? That's a that's the big novel moment. But then they come back. You do that same thing in their subscap a week a week or two later, and they don't have the same they don't have the same experience because they've 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 indexed on the novelty of that experience. And and frankly, you probably did a good job, and you helped them have a you gave them a new you gave them access to some range of emotion that they didn't have available to them and then their body was like oh thank you for this i will continue to use it and they don't get back to the they don't get back to the bad spot that they were in before they came in so that second session when you're working with them and and you go back to the subscap and it's not so bad and doesn't make as big of a change if that person is now like that person's if their expectation was that big massive change and and you turn around and you're like hey now you feel like you felt 90%, now you felt nine, now you feel 92%. Like that isn't that big of a deal for that person, maybe. But if we can, but if you can bring all of your emotional self and you can create a foster a space for all of that person's emotional self, then they can, then maybe there's an opportunity to have a for them to feel a feel how feel the power of subtlety. Um I don't know if this makes sense, but I know that it makes sense in my mind. And I'm really anxious to hear how this ties in for other folks. So to wrap it all up, we're running on autopilot almost all the time. We may as well take the time to make sure that our autopilot is doing the things that we want it to do. Easiest way to do that 
is to develop a set of habits that make your life that, that make a life that you're excited and proud and, and in love with living. And I believe that every person has the ability to do that. And I believe that you can cultivate that for yourself. And I believe you can model that for your clients. I hope that you can, and I wish you all well. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of Hands at the Table. If you got something out of this episode, have comments or topics you'd like us to cover, please let us know by tagging us on Instagram. Bori is at restore underscore revive underscore therapy, and Jeff is at just breathe manual therapy. We'd also appreciate if you can take a minute to leave us a rating, like, or review wherever you listen. It'll help other people find us. We'll see you next week.